Luke chapter 6 One Sabbath, Jesus was passing through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick the heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat them. But some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, took the consecrated bread, and gave it to his companions, and ate what is lawful only for the priests to eat. Then Jesus declared, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, the scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and stand among us. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at all of them, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and it was restored. But the scribes and Pharisees were filled with rage and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. In those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also designated as apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Then Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, along with a great number of people from all over Judea, Jerusalem, and the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by unclean spirits were healed. The entire crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking up at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for their fathers treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers treated the false prophets in the same way. But to those of you who will listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone takes your cloak, do not withhold your tunic as well. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? 
Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but fail to notice the beam in your own eye? How can you say, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, while you yourself fail to see the beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the beam out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Indeed, figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes from brambles. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid his foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent crashed against that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not act on them is like a man who built his house on ground without a foundation. The torrent crashed against that house and immediately it fell and great was its destruction. Chapter 7 When Jesus had concluded his discourse in the hearing of the people, he went to Capernaum. There a highly valued servant of a centurion was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his servant. They came to Jesus and pleaded with him earnestly, This man is worthy to have you grant this, for he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends with the message, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell one to go, and he goes, and another to come and he comes. I tell my servant to do something, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled at the centurion. Turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. And when the messengers returned to the house, they found the servant in good health. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. His disciples went with him, accompanied by a large crowd. As he approached the town gate, he saw a dead man being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. 
When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Do not weep. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. Then Jesus gave him back to his mother. A sense of awe swept over all of them, and they glorified God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has visited his people. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding region. Then John's disciples informed him about all these things. So John called two of his disciples and sent them to ask the Lord, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for someone else? At that very hour, Jesus healed many people of their diseases, afflictions, and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not fall away on account of me. After John's messengers had left, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? Otherwise, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Look, those who wear elegant clothing and live in luxury are found in palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people who heard this, even the tax collectors, acknowledged God's justice, for they had received the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves, because they had not been baptized by John. To what, then, can I compare the men of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Look at this glutton and drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners but wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Then one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a sinful woman from that town learned that Jesus was dining there, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet and anointed them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who this is and what kind of woman is touching him, for she is a sinner. But Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men were debtors to a certain moneylender. One owed him five hundred denarii and the other fifty. When they were unable to repay him, he forgave both of them. Which one, then, will love him more? I suppose the one who was forgiven more, Simon replied. 
You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not greet me with a kiss, but she has not stopped kissing my feet since I arrived. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she has loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those at the table began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus told the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Chapter 8 Soon afterward, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, as well as some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's household manager, Chusa, Susanna, and many others. These women were ministering to them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed, and as he was sowing, some seed fell along the path where it was trampled, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the seedlings withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the seedlings. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it sprang up and produced a crop, a hundredfold. As Jesus said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, The knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. Now this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seeds along the path are those who hear, but the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. The seeds on rocky ground are those who hear the word and receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a season, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seeds that fell among the thorns are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the worries, riches, and pleasures of this life, and their fruit does not mature. But the seeds on good soil are those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, cling to it, and by persevering produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he sets it on a stand so that those who enter can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known and brought to light. Pay attention, therefore, to how you listen. Whoever has will be given more, but whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were unable to reach him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to see you. But he replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and carry it out. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. 
So he got into a boat with them and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and they subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked. Frightened and amazed, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the region of the Gerizines, across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothing or lived in a house, but he stayed in the tombs. When the man saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, shouting in a loud voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you not to torture me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was bound with chains and shackles, he had broken the chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. What is your name? Jesus asked. Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and the demons kept begging Jesus not to order them to go into the abyss. There on the hillside, a large herd of pigs was feeding. So the demons begged Jesus to let them enter the pigs, and he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. So the people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man whom the demons had left, sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Meanwhile, those who had seen it reported how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the region of the Gerizines asked Jesus to depart from them, because great fear had taken hold of them. So he got into the boat and started back. The man whom the demons had left begged to go with Jesus, but he sent him away, saying, Return home and describe how much God has done for you. So the man went away and proclaimed all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they had all been waiting for him. Just then, a synagogue leader named Jairus came and fell at Jesus' feet. He begged him to come to his house because his only daughter, who was about twelve, was dying. As Jesus went with him, the crowds pressed around him, including a woman who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years. She had spent all her money on physicians, but no one was able to heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. But they all denied it. Master, said Peter, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus declared, Someone touched me, for I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not escape notice, came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she explained why she had touched him and how she had immediately been healed. Daughter, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone arrived from the house of the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he told Jairus. Do not bother the teacher any more. 
But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Do not be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he entered the house, he did not allow anyone to go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, everyone was weeping and mourning for her. But Jesus said, Stop weeping. She is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But Jesus took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she got up, and he directed that she be given something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Chapter 9 Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and power to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for the journey, he told them, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no second tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that area. If anyone does not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. When Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, he was perplexed. For some were saying that John had risen from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that a prophet of old had arisen. I beheaded John, Herod said, but who is this man I hear such things about? And he kept trying to see Jesus. Then the apostles returned and reported to Jesus all that they had done. Taking them away privately, he withdrew to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds found out and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. As the day neared its end, the twelve came to Jesus and said, Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside for lodging and provisions, for we are in a desolate place here. But Jesus told them, You give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered, unless we go and buy food for all these people. There were about five thousand men. He told his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. They did so, and everyone was seated. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, Jesus spoke a blessing and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. One day as Jesus was praying in private and the disciples were with him, he questioned them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that a prophet of old has arisen. But what about you? Jesus asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. The Son of Man must suffer many things, he said. He must be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then Jesus said to all of them, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, 
the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truthfully, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus had said these things, he took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became radiantly white. Suddenly two men, Moses and Elijah, began talking with Jesus. They appeared in glory and spoke about his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Meanwhile, Peter and his companions were overcome by sleep, but when they awoke, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While Peter was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, only Jesus was present with them. The disciples kept this to themselves, and in those days they did not tell anyone what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, Jesus was met by a large crowd. Suddenly a man in the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit keeps seizing him and he screams abruptly. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It keeps mauling him and rarely departs from him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they were unable. Oh, believing and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long must I remain with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was approaching, the demon slammed him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all astonished at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus was doing, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this statement. It was veiled from them so that they could not comprehend it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Then an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the thoughts of their hearts, had a little child stand beside him, and he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For whoever is the least among all of you he is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not accompany us. Do not stop him, Jesus replied, for whoever is not against you is for you. As the day of his ascension approached, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead who went into a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But the people there refused to welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and he and his disciples went on to another village. As they were walking along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Jesus replied, Foxes have dens, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another man, Follow me. The man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Let the dead bury their own dead. You, however, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me bid farewell to my family. Then Jesus declared, No one who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is fit for the kingdom of God.